welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pareca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pareca here, and I am joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. As always, you can reach us and ask Ela any questions you have, share your thoughts, your ideas, your feedback using the Peaceful Ease hotline. That number is 424-625-5562. Again, 424-625-5562. You can also email us, podcast at com and keep up with us online at the online home of Peaceful Ease. The website is peacefulease.com. And we want to remind you, if you would please, if you feel so inclined, Check us out on iTunes. Look up Peacefullys on iTunes if you're not already listening to us there. And leave us a rating and review. If you've gotten anything from Peacefullys, if you've learned something, if you have come to some form of awareness from it, if you've just enjoyed an episode, we'd love for you to give us a rating and review and share with others so that we can reach more people. The message of Peacefullys needs to reach as many people as possible, and it's a really, really valuable thing. So if you could just go there and spend two minutes to give us a rating and review, we would be very, very grateful. So thank you for that in advance. And Ela, it's great to be back with you. Hi, Mario. And I have some good news. Please share. I was checking our stats for this podcast, and I'm not a stats geek, but this one, it really touched me because we made it to top 100 podcasts in Turkey. That's fantastic. That's uh, that's your home country. I know. Home country. Yeah, like the Germans say, Heimat. <laughs> and it means so much to me because I really miss, I haven't been there for years now, but I really miss the country and the culture and and I still have family there. So seeing that was really special. So thank you for everyone who's listening to us from Turkey. Yeah, absolutely. That's quite the accomplishment. Being in the top 100 anywhere is awesome. So Ela, great job. I mean, you're bringing the content. So I'm just along for the ride. It's been so much fun. And I'm so glad to hear that we've cracked the top 100 in Turkey. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the world. And it's like, it's a good start. It's, it's a very special start. And I think we are very close to hitting the top 100 in Germany. But you know, we need time. So country by country, we're spreading peace. I'll tell a quick story about Turkey that I have. I've never been to Turkey. But when we moved in to where I, we currently live, our neighbors upstairs were from Turkey and they had twin boys who were like four years old and they would run and run and run through the house at all hours of the night. And it was just so we could hear them running. It would disturb the puppy. So we had to go up and talk to them and say, look, it's I get it. They're energetic. It's fine. I, I was a boy. I know what it's like. But if they could just not do it, maybe at one or two in the morning, that'd be great. And they were super nice people. They felt really bad, but we weren't we weren't upset. It was just we had to bring that awareness. And so after that, we became really good friends. And probably two to three times a week, we'd hear a knock at our door, and they would bring us dessert. That is so it was Turkish. Some of the best dessert. <laughs> it was some of the best dessert I've ever had. The baklava and just all these different things, and it was really a good thing. <laughs> I loved it. 
And uh, we'd go up and visit them from time to time. And Turkish coffee, they would make us Turkish coffee. And it was just, it was awesome. So that's my Turkey story. We had great neighbors. They since moved back to Turkey, but we loved having them here. Yeah. And that is so Turkish. And I have that too. And I kind of keep it. I really consciously maintain that because it's so special. So if I, I've done this in, in the UK, in Los Angeles, when I cook something and I generally cook for, I don't know why, four or five people, even if I'm alone, I, I take some to the neighbors. And I got really some really questioning looks quite a few times, especially in Los Angeles. But, you know, I don't care. Well, we took them cookies and desserts at Christmas time because that's like the American thing, but they would bring them a lot. And one time we were out of town, I guess, and they tried to bring dessert. And when we got back, they came down and it was the husband. And he said, oh, I came last week, but you didn't answer the door. And I said, oh, we were out of town last week. And he said, oh, you missed the best one. It was so good. And I felt, I was like upset because we missed the best <laughs> dessert, but and he had to tell us how good it was. So anyway, that's <laughs> That was so much fun to get to know them. And, you know, so that's Turkey. I have all good experiences with people from Turkey and then, you know, yourself as well. So, yeah, thank you, Mario. No, it it's really is special to have this kind of achievement with Turkey first. So that's really touched me. And today I have another personal thing for you. It's a poem that I wrote. I love your poems. I believe you read one of the poems in an earlier episode, so people can go back. It was called what, Just Perfect, I believe? Mm-hmm. Correct. That was a fantastic poem. It, people can go back and listen to that one. We did a whole episode on that. And I'm excited to hear this one that you've written as well. Yeah. Thank you, Maria. And I don't write poems normally. I write them when they come. So I don't try to write them because it's like impossible. But sometimes it's like a download. The entire thing comes at once. And this is one of those moments. I wrote this one in India when I was receiving some teachings by Thai Sita Rinpoche on meditation and awareness. And his energy is just amazing. And I remember every time I see him, it's just so much creativity is flowing out of me. I write poems, I compose music, I start painting again. And this is written in one of those magical days, and it's called The Shine. In a dream within a dream, where everyone was asleep, dreaming different parts of the same dream, I saw a bright light. In the midst of hope and anger, where everyone was turning a different corner, of the same relentless cycle, the light conquered my heart. In the depths of the ocean of fear, where everyone was exhausted from battling the same waves of tear, the light freed us until we were one. In the heights of snowy mountains, where everyone was blessed by the breeze, breathing the same wind as one. The light awakened us so that we can shine. That's it. Did you write this by any chance after one of your hikes with your husband? <laughs> no, I was thinking about it. Wow, there's a snowy mountain there. But I was in India and it was really hot. I think that's the recall there. <laughs> so you were dreaming of the snowy mountaintop. I love the fact that you said before you read this that it was like a download mm -hmm. because I'm super into the creative process. It's something that's really interesting to me. And I love songwriters in particular. And one of them 
one of the greatest songwriters is Paul Simon. And I was watching a documentary about Paul Simon. They were asking him about how he wrote his music, his lyrics. And he said that he can't take credit for any of his lyrics because they all just came to him. They weren't his that he created. They just happened to come to him. And they asked him specifically about one of the first songs he'd ever written, which was, or that made it big, which was The Sound of Silence. And they said, were you thinking anything different when you wrote that? And he said, no, I just wrote it. And afterwards, I looked at it and went, huh, that's better than I usually do. <laughs> so, so I get what you mean by the divine download type of thing where something comes to you and it just comes, like flows through you. Mm-hmm. And then you look at it and you're like, wow, that's interesting. I wonder where I got that from. And so I love that. And just hearing it, it's so beautiful, the way that you put the words together and the way that you explain the snowy mountaintop and how it shined when you woke up. And it it was just beautiful. Yeah, thank you, Mario. I mean, to me, I think it was one of those moments that I got very close to feeling this unitedness with everyone around me. So it's like a thousand people, we spend a week together and there are so many nationalities in one room. It couldn't be more diverse. And we are in India. And I love, absolutely love India because it's like the spiritual center of the world. And you feel the magic around you happen like every moment. And Siti Rinpoche is a very special being. And when I gave a copy of this poem to him, he read it right in front of me. And he said, very good. Now get your mind this clear. <laughs> and I was like, okay, <laughs> because as if he could see, you know, this was a download that just came and it went through me and it made me feel this amazing connection. But it's very hard to live from that point all the time. And I'm grateful for experiencing it more and more often. But I also know that it is possible to live from that point, from remembering that we are all connected. We are like a big family on this planet all together. Do you think the time that you've spent in Switzerland kind of disconnected, just alone by yourself, has that fueled that flame at all? I actually feel I'm more connected than ever So I'm kind of towards the end of my time in Switzerland. I spent three months in here. It was all unplanned. I came from LA. I flew to Switzerland like 1st of June. And I actually had a ticket to go back 13th of September. So by the time you listen to this episode, it will be all in the past. And I missed my flight already. And it was just unplanned, beautiful. And the time I spent here in this quiet village has been kind of connecting me more with everyone than ever. And it reminds me of something that one of my teachers, Lama Yeshe Rinpoche, often says, that he can help us more when he's in retreat, which is six months every year he's in retreat, than when he's out and talking to us and being with us. And I think I got a gist of what he means now, that somehow turning inward, you turn outward at the same time. So do you think you're going to return to L.A. at any point? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm coming back. I'm going to Berlin and then Mallorca, and then L.A. is definitely back home for me. So when you're back in L.A., 
is it going to be completely a different experience than it was when you were in LA before you left for this journey? I have no idea. And I don't want to think about it. I just want to be open to the experience, whether it will be different or not. I feel like it's irrelevant. It's just, it's beautiful not to know. And it's beautiful. I learned so much living so spontaneously. And actually, just the other day, I saw our description for this podcast and it said that I was traveling, you know, from Mexico to China and meeting amazing names, which I did, you know, from Les Brown to Tony Robbins to His Holiness to Dalai Lama. I spent like two years just traveling. And since we wrote that description, ironically, I'm settled down for three months all of a sudden, not going anywhere. I mean, I've still been to Prague and Berlin, but I've been in Switzerland mostly. And it did something to me, this quietude. It really helped me to zoom out and see my life and really analyze and evaluate what I want to do with it. And it sounds very counterintuitive, but I feel like the best holiday you can take is like a holiday that you, you're going to hate me for saying this, but really that you spend alone in some quiet place. I know it's not what people want to do, but it's like going somewhere that you've never been to because we don't go that deep generally and we don't get to know ourselves and our desires and our dreams and our nightmares that well unless we do this. Why would you think people would hate you for saying <laughs> Just because you say it doesn't mean they have to do it. Sure. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a great suggestion. I think it's a great idea. But, you know, let's be honest. And I was going to ask you because you just kind of went there. So I'm going to continue because this was a thought I had in my mind. But since you brought it up, it even fits even better. What do you tell those people that are saying, that's great. You know, you can go do this and get to know yourself and take this time away. But I have a mortgage and kids and work two jobs. And I would love to be able to do that. But I just can't physically go away for three months. What can they do to begin to kind of create that same type of getting to know themselves and awareness that you have in their day-to-day -day lives? Well, I wouldn't say like getting them the level of awareness that I have. I mean, they already, if someone says that, they already have that awareness that they can't do it and that, you know, they can probably see the ups and downs for it. You know, it's nothing is too bad. And second of all, I'm doing it for them too, in some ways. Like this is what this poem is about, you know, if that we are all this light we are connected to one another we are all this bright light and if this one part of the light shines more or shines less it impacts the rest of the light so whatever one is doing everyone's benefiting and likewise whatever when one is like down everyone feels that it's so minuscule that we don't actually maybe feel it but we are connected to that level that one's actions, positive actions, help the others benefit from it. And that's what my teacher said, that he can help us more when he's in retreat than when he's out talking to us. Does that answer your question? It does. And I love the idea that we all benefit from each other and we all help each other. And it, it reminds me too of, you know, when you look at, and you've told this story before, when you look at the monks 
and they sit and they meditate all day and they really they're trying they're meditating for everyone not just for themselves to find clarity they're doing it for humanity as a whole and it's very indicative of that the answer that you just gave that's what it reminded me of mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> actually a friend of mine one joseph alberti said all those monks thank god that they're all like meditating so that we can go out and have fun <laughs> that's right <laughs> And I think they have fun too, right? The monks, they don't dislike meditating. It's something that they're called to do. They're fulfilling their purpose as well. I would assume they are beyond having fun or liking or disliking. They're just being with the sensations. But yeah, I'm grateful that they are doing that. And I think if I can do a little bit to help anyone, if I can help myself help others, I think that's a beautiful achievement. And if we can all do that, help ourselves so that we can help further, think this will be a beautiful wave, like a ripple effect. And you just brought it home really, really great because you just wrapped it up. If you go back to last episode where we talked about love and we talked about self-love and you talked about how you have to love yourself before you can really love other people, that's essentially what we're talking about here as well. You have to take care of you and do what you have to do to show up as the most powerful version of yourself. And that in and of itself impacts the whole. Mm-hmm. It's not selfish. Yeah. So, Ela, is there anything that you want to leave listeners with? Any exercises or anything that you want to leave them with to think about after reading your poem? And I'm sure we'll link your poem in the show notes as well. Absolutely. So just think about how you can help yourself so that you can help someone whom you care and love to start with. And if you feel like, oh, you know, this is a weird, selfish way of thinking, just also see that thinking, that there is some kind of judgment within that says you shouldn't be worrying about yourself and see where that comes from and see if you really like to maintain that. I think intention has a lot to do with that too, right? Because if you set the intention out of the gate that you're going to practice self-care or developing yourself or however it is that you feel you need to feed yourself, if you establish that with the intention of I'm doing it so that I can contribute to others, you'll do it in a much different manner than if you're doing it just to get somewhere for yourself. Absolutely. And that's why we all deserve self-love. We all deserve to love ourselves first. We all deserve our own love. And let's start there and see If there are parts in you that's not receiving that love from you just yet. And as we wrap up, I just want to say, if there's anyone you can think of as you listen to this that you believe could use a little bit of help practicing self-love or doing something for themselves or being able to really take this message in, I would invite you to share this with that person because I think that as we just talked about throughout this episode, if one person does it, it affects everyone. So not only will it affect that person that you care about by allowing them to show up differently and take care of themselves and maybe even give them permission that they need to hear to do that, but it'll also affect everyone as a whole. So I want to invite you to share this episode with those people that you believe need this, or if there's anyone specific you can think of that needs to hear this message or read Ela's poem, please do share this. And we really do appreciate that as well, because you're not only helping that person, but you're helping all of us. Absolutely. And thank you for putting it that way, Mario. It's beautifully put. I did the poetry part and you did the rational day-to-day part. <laughs> rational. Don't tell my mother that. She'll never agree with you. No, I'm just <laughs> I want to thank everyone for listening. Ela, thank you so much for everything as always. 
And I can't wait to pick this up on the next episode. Thank you, Mario. Looking forward to seeing you in the next episode. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pereca. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.